0: Have you ever wondered about your ability to homeschool your kids? Have you been looking at people who are homeschooling and watching uh, what's happening in the culture around you? Uh, I noticed an article the other day and I posted it on my Facebook page. It was written by a guy named Michael Brown called A Call for Civil Disobedience to Obama's Public School Transgender Bathroom Mandate. Kind Kind of a mouthful. And I'm sitting here reading the comments of people below it and a staggering number of people are going, enough is enough, we will not comply, Uh, To this new mandate, but we're going to take it a step further and just pull our kids out of the school system Which of course is opening up a whole bunch of other questions with regard to homeschooling And one of the biggest questions we get over at the busy mom is am I qualified to homeschool my kids? Hey, this is heidi st. John. Welcome to the busy mom podcast. I am excited to talk about this subject with you today something that's near and dear to my heart. My husband, Jay, and I have seven children. They range in age from five to almost 25. And so there's a 20-year, yep, you heard that right. There's a 20-year age span between our oldest and and our youngest, and we have homeschooled our children all the way through high school, and uh, they have gone on to uh, college successfully. Our oldest daughter has two children of her own now, and uh, they're doing just fine. And when I started homeschooling, I had the same uh, questions that many of you have as you're listening to this today. So I hope that this will encourage you. Uh, If you wanna grab a pencil and piece of paper, you can take down some notes. Uh, But I wanna really focus today on whether or not uh, you are qualified to teach your kids. I found an article at a website um, from HSLDA, that's the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. The guys that run that are friends of mine, uh, wonderful uh, people who've been working uh, to fight for homeschool freedom since the 80s. And there's an article here that I'm gonna uh, read it real quickly. It says, in the 70s and 80s, Homeschooling experienced a renaissance as a few parents began to question whether the public education system or existing private schools were right for their individual child. They wondered if they might be able to do a better job. And what do you know? Parents discovered they could do a great job. They told two friends who told two friends and so on, and the modern homeschool movement was born. It wasn't entirely that simple, of course. The early days were rocky. There were few curriculum suppliers who would sell to homeschoolers, and teachers considered themselves experts. After all, what made these parents think they could teach their own children? While few states specifically prohibited homeschooling, legislators and school officials acted as if they had. Hmm, boy there's some there's some similarities between the 70s and 80s and what we see happening right now. Isn't there some were arrested many were taken to court parents were confronted by concerned neighbors worried friends and aghast relatives All of whom were sure that homeschooling mom and dad were ruining their children's lives and dooming them to an unproductive future Of illiteracy and isolation But those early homeschoolers hung tough. They fought the court battles They went to the library and crafted their own curricula and they quietly continued teaching letting their children's achievement Answer the charges of their fiercest critics and this is absolutely The truth, this is what I find everywhere I go. This has certainly been true in my own life that those who uh, 20 years ago thought that my husband and I were crazy for pulling our daughter out of public school and homeschooling our then four children. uh, They're not critics anymore because the fruit speaks for itself. And the statistics in homeschooling are growing. In fact, the number of families that are choosing to homeschool grows at an annual rate of seven to 15% each year. And I would, I would, Uh, Be curious to see what happens in 2016 and 2017 My hunch is that we're going to see those numbers absolutely skyrocket and you can homeschool your kids if I had a nickel for every uh, Time someone had said to me am I really qualified to homeschool my kids? Uh, I'd be rich and so i'm going to give you a little bit of just kind of some interesting sort of fun facts uh, about homeschooling because um the 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 parents who, or the teachers rather, it's mostly teachers who say, you know, man, you know, I just don't know. You don't have a teaching degree. If you can be, uh, if you're able to homeschool your kids. And I found another interesting article on crosswalk.com and I'll link back to it today. Um, but it says, that about five years ago, an idea burst into the popular culture lexicon coming from the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. One concept he repeatedly suggested was that the difference between someone who plays around at a skill and someone who becomes an expert is simply a matter of hours, 10,000 hours to be exact. That was the number that true experts in a given craft amassed. So when it comes to your child, by the end of the traditional school year, a public school teacher has spent a little over one thousand hours in your students present, along with the presence of maybe 25 kids at the same time. This teacher would have to ride along year by year as your child's instructor for the next seven years before she would hit this needed marker. You, however, mom and dad, hit 10,000 hours in a little over a year. Even if you pull 12 hours a day for sleep, you would still find yourself an expert territory for your child in a little over two years but isn't um, a child's academic success statistically tied to the education of their parents? So, so consider what this article is saying. So crosswalk.com is saying, listen, um, in almost every area of expertise, you're considered an expert when you've got 10,000 hours of experience in there. And I just read to you the fact that if you did that with your child and you slept for 12 hours a day, which we all know isn't happening, uh, you know, some of us are lucky to get six hours, right? You'd be an expert in two years. And this is where it starts to get funny when people start saying, well, I don't know, you know, don't parents who are more highly educated have a better success rate at educating their children at home than um, than a parent who doesn't have a college degree? Or maybe you're listening to this today and you graduated from high school, but you didn't finish college. That's certainly been the case with me. I went to college, I started off going to college and ended up um Having my daughter and and dropping out and helping my husband finish to get his degree instead. But this is where it kind of starts to get funny. So if you're talking about a public school child, and the answer is yes. The greater the educational level of the parent uh, of the parents who have a child in public school, the greater the scores are of the child. The students' achievements follow in lockstep with increasing educational achievement of the parents. But if you ask the same question about homeschoolers, the answer is a bizarre and puzzling no. Kids educated in in homeschools perform on average in about the same range regardless of the education level of their parents. I'm gonna say that again. So your children, these children who are homeschooled are performing on average about the same range of achievement regardless of the education level of their parents, whether we're talking about a college degree or parents who haven't even finished high school. And what's more, that homeschooler performance range is a good 30 points higher than the national average. 30 points out of 100, you guys. So if the first set of data on the public school kids was all we had, we'd be perfectly comfortable proclaiming that the more educated the parents, the greater the academic success of the kids. And in fact, for years, people made that statement with great confidence. But once the homeschooled students achievement data was presented, that statement cannot stand and it seemed completely disabled. So what new conclusions can you draw um, from this statement, which encompasses both sets of numbers? Are you ready? So check this out. If you're considering homeschooling, a child's academic achievement is not tied to how much education the parents received. It just isn't. I found some of these uh, statistics over at NERI, and I'll link back to them today to the National uh, uh, Center for Home Education Research. And uh, my friend Brian Ray, who's been doing research over there for NERI for many, many years, has done a ton of research on this subject. And these are where a lot of these statistics come from. But I can tell you in just um, personal experience and in anecdotal evidence that I have seen from, I know, literally hundreds of families that homeschool their kids. And this is absolutely the truth. So what does make a good teacher. So you're listening, you're going, man, I don't know if I'm qualified to teach my kids or not. So now I hope that you understand that your qualification, your ability to teach your child at home is not based on how much college you had. It's actually not even based on how much uh, education that you've had, period. So I'm hoping to help um, parents today, especially those who are new to homeschooling or thinking about it and are struggling with the questions of whether or not they're really capable of teaching and or qualified to teach their own, um, that you really are qualified. And so there's a couple of things that make a good teacher. These are things I've noticed over the years and I teach about this all over the country as I'm speaking. The very first thing that makes a good teacher, are you ready for this, is the willingness to engage in the, in the learning process with your kids the willingness to your willingness to engage in it and like many homeschool parents i've discovered that meaningful learning uh, occurs when my children actually want to learn i'm going to i'm going to say that again meaningful learning occurs when my kids actually want to learn and so to that end over these last 20 years of homeschooling my kids what i have learned to do is to incorporate things into our homeschool that our kids want to do and so in other words i let them uh, in on the process of selecting uh, what kinds of things we're gonna study about in science. I let them kind of go off and uh, and explore with us as we're like studying botany, we're going on nature walks, we're getting our kids outside. Um, and I've come to see as being essential for anyone who desires to be a good homeschool parent that you learn to figure out what you can do to engage your child in the learning process. The second thing uh, that really makes a good teacher is love and compassion for your child. And you guys know this already, but there's nobody that's gonna love your child more than you are. Even the best teacher on the planet uh, is not gonna have the same kind of, of love that a parent has for a child. And so if you wanna be a good teacher, the very first place that you can start is just going, do I love my child enough to stick this out with them to uh, be compassionate with them, to recognize their learning ability, to um, give them opportunities to learn and grow, to kind of mine out of them what their unique gifts and passions are. And my my hunch is that everybody who's listening to this today, probably that's true about you. Probably that's true. Another thing that makes a really good teacher is your willingness. A good uh, homeschool teacher, especially has a willingness, not just a willingness, but a desire to think outside the box when it comes to learning. And one of the ways that we do that with our kids is we learn what style of learning they actually uh, drift towards. So what, what are your child's learning styles? We're gonna think outside the box with our kids for the sake of our kids. We do it because we want our kids to learn to love learning, and that is something that has troubled me for many years about what I've seen happening, particularly in the public school. I had a private school experience. My husband I went kindergarten through twelfth grade to a public school, and now we're we're taking those combined experience, and we made the decision to homeschool our own children. But I think it's interesting to note as I've as I've been homeschooling my kids that the more I found out about their learning style, which I went to a wonderful or private school and nobody ever told me, man, Heidi, you are a visual learner. So this and this and this and this is gonna help you process information. I did not discover my learning style until I began to homeschool my own kids. And so you have the ability to find out what your child's learning style is. And I will link back to some really great books uh, today about finding your child's learning style. Deb Bell has a new one out. Um, Cynthia Tobias has a book out called the way they learn all of these resources are available to you And i'd encourage you not only do you want to find out how your child learns You should find out how you learn because you're going to be a better teacher Like for example, I know that I am a visual learner And so I tend toward curriculum that has images in it and lots of opportunities for my brain to be delighted and maybe taken off of the um, you know the the uh, Yellow Pages approach to a textbook. So I'm gonna look for those kinds of things because I've learned over the years that if I'm excited about what my kids are um, gonna be learning, if I can get excited about the curriculum, I'm gonna be a better teacher, a better teacher. The next thing that makes a really good teacher, this is another thing that qualifies you, is a willingness to learn from your kids a willingness to learn, a willingness to just go, you know what, I don't really know what, you know, how's this working for you? And then you get in there with your kids and you're and you're willing to go, oh man, and you're learning something from your kids. Um, who learns more? Let me just ask you, when you're teaching something, who learns more, the student or the teacher? It's the teacher, hands down is the teacher. And for in our family, Uh, I have learned so much more over our years of homeschooling uh, than I even did in college or in high school because I'm invested in the process. Um, I'm absolutely invested. And parents who choose to homeschool their kids are invested in that process. And that makes a good teacher. And the last thing, I wish I had more time. Uh, I'm gonna link back to as many articles as I can find on the blog today about homeschooling, particularly uh, for new homeschoolers. Um, But the last thing that makes a good teacher is just patience. There's no substitute for patience. Patience is not a requirement, but it's sure going to go a long way. People ask me all the time, you know, oh, I could never, or they say to me all the time, I can never homeschool my kids. I don't have the patience for it. You will have the patience for it when you recognize that this is up to you and you take it on and you just go, you know what, this is what it is, right? A mom who is getting ready to have a baby often, and this was certainly how I felt before I had my first child and actually even my second and my third probably was, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this. I'm But boy, I'll tell you what, you get in the throes of labor and we're doing this thing, right? (laughs) Kind of homeschooling is a little bit the same way. You sit down and you just go, okay, this is what we're doing. And all of a sudden, it's not a question of patience. It's a question of perseverance. It's a question of motivation. It's a question of wanting what's best for your child. And patience sort of seems to uh, melt into the background. Now, you do need patience when it comes to figuring out your child's learning styles. There's gonna be you know, struggles that you're gonna have with your kids. Um, issues that you're gonna need to resolve, internal struggles that you have, in your family because that's life, that's life. And we need to learn to be patient with our children as well as ourselves as we all try to figure this thing out. But man, you guys, if you can just hang in there and realize that uh, nothing that's worth doing in this life is easy, I'm telling you, you're gonna love the fact that you chose to homeschool your kids. One of the things I love about homeschooling is that we can stop when we want to. We can take a walk when we want to. Uh, My friend Steve Lambert wrote a blog post for me not too long ago about the wonder of taking your kids outside, unplugging them, getting them off of their iPads and their computers and their electronic devices, and just letting them go outside. The Bible says in Romans that the nature of God is seen through his invisible qualities that are all around us in nature. And often when we don't allow our kids to go outside, it's no wonder that they reach a certain point and they're just like, well, I don't know if if there's a God or not, because we haven't let them get outside and be absolutely amazed at what's around them. Um, I I don't have any more time today, I wish I did, but I wanna just uh, leave uh, this particular podcast by hopefully on a note of encouragement and just say, you can homeschool your kids. You are qualified, if you love your kids and you want what's best for them, You can homeschool your kids. You are qualified to do it. I've invited my friend Wendy to come on the show and she'll be on here pretty soon. She has homeschooled three kids. Her oldest uh, uh, child is 21. She has severe autism. She is a nonverbal, she has nonverbal autism. Her second son just graduated from homeschooling and he has um, Asperger's and then she has another child with ADHD. So people ask me all the time, well, I don't know if I can do it if I've got a child with special needs. Yes, you can. You can do it. There's a ton of resources out there. I wanna encourage you, find your people, find support. Go check out um, Homeschool Legal Defense Association. I'll link back to today. Also, I love this idea of starting a homeschool co-op. My husband and I ran a ministry called First Class Homeschool Ministries for about 15 years. It is now called Firmly Planted Family. But we planted or helped to plant over 60 homeschool cooperatives around the United States and in Europe. And if you're interested in starting a homeschool co-op, we have actually written down everything that we know Know about starting homeschool co-op from start to finish uh, in a book called the friendly planet homeschool co-op manual and I'll link back to that today that's for sale at our uh, at our website it's everything I wished I would have known when I started out uh, um, in an effort to start a homeschool co-op our kids loved the co-op that that we were in for many many years it's so important for you to be in in community with each other. Be in community with each other, find uh, friends for your kids. As you wrestle with uh, the the questions that we've talked about today, bring it before the Lord in prayer and then do your homework. There's a lot of uh, resources out there that are available for you. So if you're considering homeschooling your kids, if you're looking at what's happening in the culture and you're just wondering, I wonder if I can do better than that. The answer is a resounding yes. Yes, you can. You guys can do this. The Lord's gonna be with you. There's a ton of information out there. Now get out there and find the support and encouragement that you need. I'll see you back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.